Please don't start with that. Please don't. Okay. 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 Here we are. Here we are. On November 11th, Veterans Day. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. For episode 88, which is funny because if you multiply 11 by 8, it's 88. Because at least two of us are veteran Star Trek viewers. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's how it works, but okay, okay. we can roll with it. It's uh, and close enough. I think it's as close to being veterans as we're going to We've get, gathered so. a yeah. group of three people who haven't been sexually abused by somebody in Hollywood, so that's very rare. We got that going for um, us. I mean, we, I, I could have been drugged one time, and, you know, Harvey Weinstein could have, you know, touched my dick. You got to watch out for George Takei, apparently. Oh, yeah, him too. That just came out, like, oh my, <laughs> yesterday or today or something. I saw that. Um, anyway, speaking of three things that haven't been raped yet, but still time, before we get into our discussion of uh, Star Trek Discovery. Oh, can which... we talk about the three things that I want to bring up? Go ahead, Justin. The floor As is yours. As I segue into news, I suppose, is this what it is? You need to yes. have some sound effects to play when, like, no, going to, like, the need... news segment for Justin. <laughs> Fuck sound effects. Three new things, because it's, I guess, a day of threes. Three new Star Wars movies directed by The Last Jedi director. Oh my god, that was what I was going to bring up. Whoa. Whoa. No, seriously, we have like no notes for the show. We just, I mean, Clark, I think, has notes, but he doesn't show me them. I don't have notes. Okay. You have a laptop, you look all official. Probably. But I guess we need to record it on something without using beeswax. Okay. But anyway, yeah, three new Star Wars movies. Um, I didn't read much about them other than Rian, Ryan, whatever the fuck. Yeah, his the name guy is. who is doing the Last Jedi, and did he do something else? Looper, Looper. Okay. Yeah. So I guess they like the Last Jedi cut, so they're like, here, take several, you know, billion dollars and make it into ten. Go make a movie about. We don't know. Yeah, I think it's just the. Whatever next trilogy happens after, you know, episode, what are we on? We are... 9, 10, it'd be 10, 11, 12 would be the numbers, possibly? Possibly, but I don't, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? It could be a prequel. It could be the Old Republic. I was going to say, it could be the Old Republic, that's the rumor, but I don't know if Disney's creative enough. Wait, that's seriously a rumor? Yeah. I don't know if Disney's creative enough to venture down that road, because it's a big risk, because you can't... There's no Jar Jar Binks. There's no Luke Skywalker. It's hard to make callbacks 5,000 years before your story starts or call heads, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I didn't play through all the older public games, but I don't believe there was any. I mean, there was like a general, okay, there's lightsabers and Jedis, but. The Jedi was pretty much it. Well, none of them are canon anyway. Oh, that's true. Well, yeah, I mean, so it's it not matter. canon, but they can still pick and choose if they. That setting, Desire. they can still use that setting. Right, well, that being to. said, the most of the non-canon games are the better games for Star Wars, so I guess it doesn't matter that much. Eh, Is pod racing uh, canon? Is that game canon? That's Episode I, 1 racer. Yeah. yeah, episode 1 still canon, that's unfortunately. That is an awesome, that's an awesome game. It only takes 30 pages of cheats to overcome the first training level. Yep. And at least half an hour of trying to enter them into your N64. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. It's better than playing the game, actually. It is. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. I guess we'll see what uh, happens with it, but... Assuming that we're all still alive at that point in time, because this could be, like, in 2079. 
So basically, if episode eight sucks, you know what to expect from the others that they've given him to do. Oh, I mean, they can always. Is there any word on what they are? No, there's no. Just like that's... three unnamed movies. Yeah, just basically the next trilogy after you know the character trilogy they have going on and the uh, new the... characters though. Like it's going to be a new trilogy. So yeah, no it's, Skywalkers. It's not in the realm of the trilogy. Of... Sure, hope not. So it's going to be a Star Wars story movies or no? It's going to be an, a new, I guess, trilogy with new characters. So they're going to try to do the original trilogy thing with characters you care about that are going to have three to nine movies. Well, yeah, I mean, it'd be like the three movies that are coming out now with A New Hope, Last Jedi, and whatever the fuck the last one's going to be called. Episode nine. Yeah. Q4 release estimated gross .xls is what it's called right now. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just a number on a spreadsheet with like an estimated, you know, 2020. Uh, Maybe it's a Star Wars Marvel crossover. Uh, maybe. Could be in the same universe. You don't know. Just like they did like the Star Trek Next Generation X-Men crossover in comic books one time. What a great crossover into our discussion <laughs> topic today. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Wait, what are we talking about? We're no. Talk- what? Huh? We're talking about... Safe sex. No, I was going to talk about another thing since you had a good transition with that there, Grant. Oh, this relating to Disney as well. Yes. Go for it, Justin. Tell us. They are buying or in talks to buy 20th Century Fox to get Yay. that sweet, sweet X-Men money and sweet, sweet money from the uh, distribution rights they have on the, uh, the original trilogy. Now, Grant and I are talking about too. this. Our theory is that Disney has the negatives or whatever copy George Lucas kept of the originals mm-hmm. and that they've got them in the can ready to go. Like they have the Goldmaster Blu-ray ready to sell. They're just waiting. They need the distribution, right? Do you agree with this theory that once Yeah, they, I mean, you yeah. sent me that email, and I think I responded to you and just said, yeah, pretty sure this is just to get their, you know, money from the originals. But I think they're already ready. Like, that was one of their projects, I bet, when they bought the Star Wars stuff is get this shit ready. Yeah, I mean, Disney has enough resources to be like, okay, well, we've done this, you know, hundreds of times before on various other movies. Just 4K it up and print Hey, if they can get the people who did the next generation Blu-ray transfers, then well, if they get if they buy Fox, they get X-Men and Deadpool and whatever other characters Fox has the Fantastic rights to. Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four, but nobody gives a shit about that. Well, they've been yeah, they haven't had a good comic book yet. nerds give a fuck about Fantastic Four, but the have movies you, have been Did you see the shit. the most recent one? Fan, no, Fan I, Four stick. There has not been a single Fantastic Four movie right. that has done well. Because it's such a hokey concept. It doesn't really translate well to a modern audience, I think. Like, this is a comic book written in the 1950s about, like, three people with, like, a flying car, or four people with a flying car, and they wear, like, blue and white jumpsuits. It's three people on a rock monster. Right, rock monster who wears a bikini. Yeah. I mean, I'm not that into comic books, so I can't, you know, argue for it, but I've heard that that is a, you know, very good series of... You know, I stories. think that they, somebody who's creative could do something cool with it, but... I but it's know. just been, like, real shit. And I think I heard the last movie, it was, like, the director was, like, trying to go for something, like, dark and gritty, and then, like, the execs saw it, and it's like, fuck this, and, like, try to do reshoots, and, like, so it's just, like, a jumbled mess now. Well, I mean, it's, it's totally clear that they, they just yeah. really want X-Men because they've been trying to do this thing for the last couple years with um, the Inhumans, 
which are just basically a cheap ripoff of the X-Men. Yeah. They're, they're people with, with uh, mutant powers. I mean, that uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. isn't a bad show, but yeah, it's very obvious, like, okay, just someone slip and say mutants, please. Right, they, like, they started they that can't. in Humans know, Arc in the, in the second season of that show, and now it's like the whole show, and they have like a separate show called Inhumans that Flops. apparently nobody likes. Yeah. So people are ready for, <laughs> you know, X-Men. And that's also what, um, what was that other, in, um, what's that fucking thing? Age of Ultron? Is it Ultron? Whichever one where they're attacking the castle at the beginning. I'm so fucking Ultron. I think it's Ultron where they have Scarlet Witch and Fast Boy, not Quicksilver. Go Fast Guy in there. And the the evil scientist (laughs) man's like, these are miracles. Yes. Yeah. Not mute. No, 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 no. (laughs) Miracles. Miracles. Well, in their case, they aren't mutants because they were made. Yes. So... It, whatever it makes because they use like the Loki's scepter or whatever to his staff, the Infinity Stone, to make that give them their powers pretty much. That's what they are. So yeah, but basically they're mutants. So because they have special powers that, but they can't say that. Just like right, Fox owns mutant, DC owns superhero, and I can't remember what stupid term Marvel owns, but none of them are allowed to use each other's terms. But some characters so, are, they have joint ownership. So, like, that's why there's a Quicksilver in the Fox X-Men and there's a Quicksilver in Age of Ultron. Yeah, not anymore. This is why I'm like... Well, yeah, he died, but whatever. Like, there's... <laughs> I'm really thankful that, like, George Romero, like, fucked up and, like, on Day of the Dead and everyone can use zombies now rather than, like, dancing around with, like, oh, it's some guy who raised from the dead and walking around now. Totally not a zombie. But we have that now. Everyone can use zombie. Well, only one person's going to be able to use mutant, and I mean, probably after the Warner Brothers board keeps dying in mysterious plane crashes, they'll probably be able to use superhero too. Yeah, I'm not right. for sure if you're actually serious about this or not, but they're they're going to own <laughs> they'll own every basically everything important from Marvel, and they'll own the Alien franchise because that's Fox too. Oh God, um, I'm trying to think like what other big. Properties, Fox. Chris Pratt's has. Guardians of the Galaxy meets Aliens. Whoa. I mean, they're not dumb enough to do crossovers like I was suggesting, but... They are dumb <laughs> enough to do, like, new fun alien movies, like, we're making it accessible. Right, but I was reading something I about... could transition really well into our topic for today, but I think we have more to go on this. <laughs> they I don't know if it's a good thing, though, for them to own all that stuff, because now they have the most muscle of any movie studio. They're already... I read something. They're really jamming theaters hard for The Last Jedi. Oh, yeah. It was actually a... Yeah. There's, like... They have some weird contractual obligation. If you're any size... It doesn't matter what size theater you are. You have to run the movie for at least four weeks continuously. On the largest screen that you have. Yeah. On the largest screen you have... And you get only 35%, and you have to wait until they give you specific go-ahead to use different marketing materials, whole bunch of rules, and basically the gist is if they decide that you've violated one of their little rules, you lose another 5% of the gross that you're supposed to keep. So they're going to get like yeah, and maybe 70% of what All the movie, the movie theaters are just saying like, these, this contract is just fucking ridiculous you know we've never heard anything like this before and it's well i mean they altered the deal so right because now because now they have enough they have enough like they own all the marvel stuff they They own star wars 
that yeah, so they have basically like monopoly power to just go in and say, like, you know, hey, you want Star Wars, you got to abide by our terms, or you can't have it because we own, we have everything, we have the distribution rights, and we made it, we own it wholesale. And now they're making their own uh, only web-only Disney subscription service series relating that, to. Don't they own Hulu or have a stake in it? Like, or are they? But they're making off? their own. Right. Oh my God, those fucks. But yeah. it's going to have Marvel content in it. So, so essentially, the only the huge theater chains like AMC or Cinemark are going to be able to weather that deal. So any smaller theater is like, you know, they could take a huge hit on The Last Jedi because they have like two weeks where everybody's going to come see it. And then you got to run it for another two weeks where you're sacrificing your biggest screen and you're making no money on it because you might have like 10 people in a theater designed to sit like 150. Yeah, now, that's the time we're going to go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, of course. Take advantage of their misfortune, but um, it sucks because then, like, it's a choice between oh, do we like not make money or do we choose not to run Star Wars, the most popular movie of the year, probably. I mean, who are the who's the big theater chains? There's like what four: AMC, AMC, Rave. Cinemark, and like one other one. But I know like Cinemark owns like a lot of those. They own Rave and a lot of those other. Do brands. they own Landmark or is Landmark its own? I don't know. But I know there's not very many of them anymore. That's somewhere where there's been a ton of consolidation again over the last 20 years. There's like maybe four or five big theater chains. I mean, I don't know. Support your local theaters, people. I think Disney is. Hey, we did that. We saw Thor Ragnarok at the Kenwood Theater last Tuesday. I'm going to go see that. So that is a small theater group. No, I do like. like four theaters they own. There is a small theater chain around here that you mentioned. And yeah, I. I do like that theater. It's Disney cool. is, is killing the big ones, though, I think. Possible. You I know, know. I'm like, kind of torn. I don't think I would miss it at this point. I was actually watching um, Half in the Bag, and they were talking about Thor Ragnarok, and they really didn't talk about it that much because they segued into a conversation about how shitty people in the theater were when they were there. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And they did were they go opening <laughs> night or something, probably? Like... I don't know, but like they, they did bring up a good point that it's like a real hit or miss thing going to the theater. So some of the big studios like Disney are working on a model where if you have a setup in your living room, you could potentially pay 25 to $50 to screen the movie in your home on your like 4K, 8K Ultra TV. You know, you're having like maybe like a group of people over to come watch Star Wars or something. You pay 50 bucks for like maybe six or seven people come over to watch it. You could do that in like your own home theater. Yeah, but I want to sit on my couch in my underwear alone and watch it. I understand that, but I I think that there are a lot of people who would do that (laughs) because going to the theater is just like you really just take your money in your hands and you don't know how it's going to turn out because you could you, end you, up in a theater with nice people and you could end up in a theater with people who like you know are like smelling their ass and stuff. Well, I mean until yeah. you know ushers come back and start hitting people on the head with flashlights and right, causing but they don't brain do damage that. like So actually the one of the best movies I saw in a theater that was very crowded was a I mean awful movie but the sequel to 300 um and it was because there were ushers in there with like, you know, it was like a pre-release weird thing that was like, it was a couple of days before the movie actually came out. So there were ushers in there like checking constantly to see if people had like, you know, their cell phones or other recording devices out. So it was like, you know, they're watching you. <laughs> it's just so hit or miss. I'd see no pattern really because I remember 
when I went to see Revenge of the Sith in a like the rave theater up in Westchester, mm-hmm. and I mean it was like people were doing annoying shit like battling with lightsabers in the stands and shit and like you know cl- doing the fanboy clapping. When did and you crap. did you go like early in the cycle of it? I went on opening night. Oh, that's a bad idea. Man. And so, that wasn't too bad though. There was just like some people shouting during the movie and that was annoying. But like when we saw um, the Force Awakens. Nobody did anything bad in that theater, as I remember. Uh, the only thing at the beginning was people, some people wearing like a Frogger shirt with a 80-inch waistline clapped and cheered when ben, da, 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 came up yeah. on the screen. But, but when we saw it. Thor... Did they clap at the end like a good American? No, because they were afraid it was going to go over the pre-credits, after-credits, mid-credits, pre-post-credits sequence teaser scene trailer. Uh, okay. Yeah. But when we saw Thor last week, there was hardly anybody in that theater. But the people who were there, it's like they chose the the most fucking annoying people to be in that theater with us. <laughs> you yeah. know, like kids who wouldn't shut up, people just like fucking munching popcorn and stuff, and get like those, noisily. Like, and first showing matinee on uh, like a Saturday before the kids are up, and it's only like old people and shit. This was well, on a Tuesday. The problem is that old people can't follow the plot. Who's that guy with the long hair? What's going on? Why she got an angry face? Yeah. Why she got a hammer? What's she building? <laughs> this fucking old guy who was like chewing popcorn, like his mouth was like on a hinge or something, like up and down, <laughs> and like just didn't know what the fuck was going on. I bet like in asking like his daughter like every six seconds, like what's going on? It's like okay, we know you just came because you wanted the fucking popcorn with salt and butter all over it. Just shut up. He wanted to get out of the home. Yeah, maybe he wanted to spend an afternoon with his daughter. Which yeah, is fine, but, but they could spend it at the park or right. something. Don't like, negate <laughs> don't negate my seven dollars. Yeah. I'd rather wait for some I I don't know. I'd rather wait for somebody in Russia to pay for the fifty dollars and then because they don't give a shit, they would put it on the internet and I just watch it. But like also, you know, in that I see some scenarios where I could potentially do that like this Blade Runner movie it's three hours long I haven't had an opportunity to go see it but if it was just like available I could get it on my Apple TV and stream it for like $25 or something even though it's still in the theaters I would probably do that or have done it by now so it could be useful in some circumstances I like theaters too but I I think it's like Clark says I mean as soon as you do do some kind of streaming or digital release like that there are so many ways to you know, capture that information. I mean, they're probably going to your TV and they're going to watermark it. I'm sure based at like a little fingerprint gets added to everything that gets served to anybody. So there's so like a, you use a different address or just use a VPN or something like that. It's like, there's, I'm saying like the, get... the person who's going to share that recording first, they're putting themselves in jeopardy. So I think they'd probably be pretty aggressive here, but if it gets released in Asia or Eastern Europe where nobody gives a fuck, then it's going to be everywhere, and they're going to be trying to knock down someone's door in Bangkok who doesn't give a fuck. Like. You really think they're going to ask for like your social security number or something like that when, in this sort of scenario? No, but like, I think that if it was going to get served through your Apple TV, they'd like fingerprint it with little little things that you can't see with your eyes, but they could see if they downloaded the little watermarks and stuff. I mean, yeah. I, I don't disagree with you. I just don't know the how they could go about you legally. I, I can't imagine... like. Oh, they'll, they'll, they'll do you for file sharing here, but I'm just saying all it takes is one person who doesn't give a fuck to share it from somewhere else, and then that's it. So oh, I would just think it, there's a way to protect yourself. I mean, Yeah, it's, it's true. 
I would rather do that for Take some movies, but like I'm glad I saw Blade Runner in the theater because that had such a lot. It had a lot of sound design to it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I'd I, want to wear headphones with for that movie or yeah. be in a theater. I mean, that's, I, I agree. Or, with or have you a guys. surround like home theater. So because there's stuff like you know when Ryan Gosling's walking through the snow, it actually kind of sounds like that muffled walking through the like you feel like you're in the snow because everything's muffled. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. Like. I agree with you guys. I really like going to the theater. I, I like seeing the movie and the surround sound and the experience. I think it's way better than anything you could do in your home unless you're really, really rich. But it's just like they need to start enforcing some kind of standard of behavior beyond just like having the usher come in and look around and then leave. Well, that the old, you know, hey, turn off your phone, little cartoon thing. Doesn't no. work. It doesn't work? The cartoon needs to become more threatening. Car, like, yeah. turn off your phone or, like, we yank you out of your seat and kick you out on the street. I want a campaign of, if you're looking at your phone, you might miss the mass shooter entering the theater. Keep your eyes on the screen. Like, you just yeah. have an usher, like, Or just line the walls with lead and, bam, you can't get <laughs> cell phone service. Oh, no, my babysitter burned down my house and killed my child, and I couldn't get my phone call because of you. Guess I'll find right. out about that in an hour and a half. Or they'll oh, well. use some kind of cheap lead liner so it starts breaking off into the air and people sue them for like lead exposure. It or goes into their popcorn. And, you know. Right, it gets into their popcorn. Like there's not rat shit already in their popcorn. <laughs> I mean, <it's, laughs> yeah. They found that out at the, I don't know, a lot of places they found it, that there was really bad stuff in movie theater popcorn. Not surprising. Yeah, like actual like rat shit. Whatever. All right. Yeah. Done. My rant. My rant. Wage. The rant's completed. Anyway. Done ranting. Are you done ranting? Yeah, probably. Okay. For now, on this topic. All right. Did anybody have a good segue to get into Star Trek Discovery? <laughs> we had a good segue and we blew past it. I think we just have to do an awkward one now. I think a good okay. segue would be just generally how I feel about a lot of things now, like popcorn. It's fatigue. So it plays nicely into the Star Trek thing because when I was watching the first two episodes of this Star Trek Discovery, I just found myself very fatigued. You know what? I, I would compare it to food poisoning. It wasn't that bad for me. It's just I, I was actually very bored watching I, this stuff. I'm you talking, didn't like, like the explosions? Metaphorically, from like pop culture revival, it's kind of like food poisoning where at first it's real shit and then it becomes water over time like, and it's just <laughs> clear. Like, I think we're at the clear watershed stage here. Like, there's, you, you just keep, you know, we're rebooting it. It's exciting now. Look, look, look. And I look at it, and in the case of STD, which is what we're fucking calling it, we're not calling it DIS. Fuck that. They, whoa, that wait. was their mistake. Whoa, wait, what's DIS? It's, oh, so here's the oh, argument. Oh, just like. Is that, you know, oh, it was Star Trek TNG or Star Trek DS9 or VOY. You know, don't call it STD. It should be Star Trek DIS for Discovery. Like, mm-mm, that was your mistake. It was STD. Oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Deep yeah. Space Nine was DS9. Nine. Nine. That makes sense. It's three words. Right. Next Generation was TNG, the next generation. And Voyager's VOY. So it's either... So they're, they're saying you take, like, the... Oh, Voyager, I guess... Right, so they're saying it should be DIS, but no, it's STD. Or it's just <laughs> them giving the fans the D, so. Right. Well, in many ways, this, the, the first two episodes seem like a nasty case of crabs or something. We need, like, the plot shampoo to get rid of them because, I, I don't know, did, 
are, you're not really a Star Trek guy. You're familiar with the very basic framework of the yeah, Star Trek. Yeah, I, I know like, like the Klingons are generally like assholes and like there's the Federation who are like they have the prime directive of like not touching people unless they want to be touched or <laughs> the something. The Weinstein directive. <laughs> the opposite of the Weinstein directive. <laughs> um, Those poor potted plants. Yeah. But uh, then, like, I have a general sense of, like, oh, there's, like, oh, fuck. Why am I blanking on the name? Spock's race, Vulcans. Vulcans. Yeah. Okay. And then, like, humans. And then, like, I'm like, wait, why are the Klingons all, like, weird looking? I thought they had fur and shit. Why are they all African tribal warriors now? Is this a new thing? Or is this, like, something from, like... It's a reimagining. Okay. Is this, like further into the future than any other series, or that's, is it like... It's one of the frustrating things about this is it's supposed to be set like 10 years before the original Star Trek series. Uh, okay. But they have like technology that doesn't even exist in the Star Trek Deep Space Nine, which is like 160 years after the original series. So... Uh, okay. It seems like a lot of people who are really big Star Trek fans read a Wikipedia article on what is Star Trek, and then they wrote a script. Okay. Yeah. I, I could see how this could be frustrating. I mean, for me, I'm just like, okay, well, I suppose it has all the elements, and I guess it has a little more pew-pews and shit than I remember you guys talking about in the... You it's know, clearly J.J. Abrams' Star Trek yeah, influence, it's, definitely. Yeah, it's it's new Star Trek, not original style, I guess. Yeah, new Trek, N-U Trek, new Trek. Yeah. I think the thing that always works about classic... Star Trek, if we're forced to call it that now, is just that you have likable, relatable characters who are set in a tight plot that is basically a morality tale. That's like every Star Trek episode. That's basically the plot. Well, I mean, I, I, like I, I don't have a lot of exposure, but it always seemed like the episodes were very self-contained. It was like, there is an introduction of an issue and something happens and it gets solved more or less near the end and like yeah. characters build a little bit and develop that way. This series seems like it's all right, you know, we accidentally started a war and that is kind of the focus of the entire series now. It's not I mean, we only watched the first two episodes, so it's not like but then like there was like a little thing at the end it was like, okay, well it seems like they're gonna just focus on this person who was a mutiner and they're going to war or something now. Well, now let's let's talk about that because that's... You guys wanted to talk about... Well, Justin's right. Uh, <laughs> I'd say Justin's right that basically every Star Trek series is like that. They're mostly standalone episodes and then the characters kind of evolve throughout the show of the, you know, throughout those series of standalone episodes. The only one that's different was Deep Space Nine, and they had, like, long character arcs and stories that built season after season. But still, characters that you liked that were interesting, that's the problem with this thing. I find nobody on that ship interesting, except for, like, the alien second officer guy. He's like the only like the yeah. guy with the knot and the, the guy that would sound like a fish. Right, he's the only interesting guy. The main character, um, first of all, I fucking hate her name because Can every time you say Michael, I think it's a guy, and Michael is a guy's name. I don't care; it's a guy's name. First of all, don't. I'm triggered. Yeah, I don't care though. <laughs> Second, like, which, which who's the person who Kevin Spacey allegedly tried to fuck? 
Is that this alien second officer or is that somebody different? I, I don't know. I, okay. But it just, like, first of all, like, her name pisses me off because it's stupid. And her character is really uninteresting. Well, she's very monotone and she plays a Vulcan like they're supposed to be like a fucking brick that <laughs> says lines. Whereas if like you, you watch like Leonard Nimoy play Spock, he doesn't play it like, you know, a, a brick. He has like some emotions and some tics and oh. he, can, he has a range. Whereas she's just like, hi, my name Michael Burnham and that's it. And I actually like, have a question. The face doesn't move. Right. Her, like there's a line where the expression stops. It's amazing. And she's she's always got this fucking like brooding look on her face. And I'm just that's the thing that I'm fatigued about. I'm so fatigued with this grim dark crap. Like it's been like 10, 12 years of this stuff now. And I can't stand it anymore. Like people say, like, oh, there's too many Marvel movies. Well, like I'm just tired of every like hero show having to like go dark and stuff. Well, Ronald Moore said he's really excited about STD because we're telling Star Trek in a post-Sopranos world for the first time. A post-Sopranos world? What? Yeah. what? I don't understand. That's his quote. I don't know. <laughs> Was he just struggling to come up with something when they had the gun to his head? Or it's probably. But yeah. I mean, if the show were actually about like an obese Italian captain on a ship who liked taking alien shit and killing people, all right, I'd watch that. But. I'm not saying a show that has like really gritty, dark themes can't work. I mean, Battlestar Galactica, obviously, you know, they got really complicated and you lost track of what was happening, but it was a really good show for the I first. I think the miniseries is. Yeah, the miniseries is perfect. The show is good the first couple seasons. Then they kind of like got really too complicated. Um, Stargate Universe. I think that that really could have been something. They just gave up on it way too soon. But I know like people hated that too because it was so different from the other Stargate series. Yeah. And I think because they like violated a norm of Stargate. Just like I think that this show kind of like violates the norm of Star Trek and not in a good way. Because mm -hmm. I see this and I watch it and I was like, this is, this is not Star Trek. It's just like a, you know, like, uh, expose of one brooding lady's journey into like i don't know um mutiny but she's, what she does she's the best <laughs> because she talks the computer out of letting her out of the jail cell with logic i i, I was actually like struggling for a long time like i was like all right i mean who's this show about like <laughs> I, I, I understood, like, okay, Michael's probably going to be the main character, but I'm like, okay, this captain seems pretty cool. Nope, okay, never mind. He's out. Okay, fish dude, maybe he could be around still. What about random dude who came to the cell to, you know, talk to Michael? Nope, he's, okay, bye. Look, I, I, I will say, I've only watched the first two episodes, so there's eight more to go in this season of the show, and I, you told me it was already renewed for another season. I'll have to watch the other ones to make a full judgment, but based on the first two episodes, it's like not really a strong showing. I mean, I thought like compared to this, the first two-parter series pilot for Enterprise was stronger. Did you see the <laughs> yeah. the ending thing at after <clears throat> um the second episode ended where it was like What's coming up? What's coming up in the season? Yeah. Like it didn't seem to have like any connection to like what I had just watched in the last two episodes. I'm like I was just like really confused. It's like, okay, this makes no sense. It doesn't, this doesn't feel like what I just watched. I, it's, 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 it doesn't. And that's, there's a good reason for that. 
Okay. It's because they went back and somebody got uh, deep into the Wikipedia Star Trek article and saw they made a series in the 1960s with lots of plot ideas. But these plot ideas were not grim and evil enough. Okay. So Harry Mudd is a guy from the original series who tried to take over the Enterprise using robot pussy. Smart. Now he uses a time machine and sadistically kills the captain a different way each time because he's evil. Okay. Is that like what this show is about? It's, t- it's borrowed some older plot lines, but it's, <laughs> it's like just that idea of like Harry Mudd, hmm. He's, he has too much fun doing stuff and he's like a rascal. Let's make him an evil sadist murderer because it's dark Yo, and evil and Michael can brood about no, it. I haven't seen that, but you told me about it. And I was just thinking it's okay to have characters like from the original series and like reimagine them <coughs> or have them appear. Like Spock appeared in The Next Generation. It's okay. But changing the character from like he was a goofy trickster, huckster kind of guy into like this serial killer like you're saying basically it's like no uh, <laughs> there was another thing i i know the name sounded familiar when he came in but sarek wasn't he in like one of the jj movies sarek is spock's father so let okay why don't we jump back to what the fuck is happening in this goddamn show so it's 10 years before captain kirk timeline era area unknown if this is the kelvin timeline or if it's the original. Is the Kelvin the JJ timeline? Yeah. Okay. Um, so non-expression Vulcan Michael is a human who was raised by Sarek after her parents were killed by Klingons. And she got raised in the Vulcan school of thought and stuff, but she's not as good at it because she's a human or something. She, yeah. Which is utterly the most predictable <laughs> thing about her character. I'm sorry. It just is. I mean... I knew that that was going to be like once the captain died, she was going to have an emotional breakdown at the end of the second episode and like her Vulcan exterior, the shell would break and she'd start crying or something. I was like, I saw that coming a mile away. You got to yeah. give me something that's, you know, a little more sophisticated than that with like, you know, like data or something and all the character arcs data went through like those. Oh, like, yeah, speaking not of data, there was like a robot, like a hard, full on robot guy. You catch that? With the thing around his... Looks like a Daft Punk Yeah, they had a fucking Lobot clone. Did you see that? They ripped off Lobot. Lando's little slave from Empire Strikes Back. Oh, okay. No, I don't remember His Apple Watch, he activates him, and and he goes like, oh, his eyes come open. (laughs) I really... What the fuck? You don't 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 remember remember that? In Empire Strikes Back, when they're trying to get away, Lando does a real quick thing on his wrist, and then this guy wakes up. They have like a cutaway to this guy, and he's like in a transporter pad thing, and he just opens his eyes. He looks like Daft Punk Robot from this show? Sure. Okay. Maybe. But he, um, he's looking, I don't know, whatever. Anyway, there's, uh, they come to a system where the Klingons are or something? Well, they came to like the edge of Federation space, and there was like a weird Signal thing out thing. there. And then Michael goes to investigate it, and then accidentally kills a Klingon warrior that's, like, I guess, guarding graves or something. It's a giant, like, graveyard ship is the sense I got. And so it's like a mausoleum in space? Right. Can Which... I take a detour real quick? Yes. Go ahead. Okay. So I actually read an article earlier about EVE Online, and there's actually this one player who tries to gather up dead body pods in a very similar fashion to this where, like, he just, like, has them all orbiting a single planet? Follow-up question. Yes. 
As a taxpayer in the United States, Justin, how much of your money has gone to feed this person's crippling autism? Probably hundreds of thousands of dollars. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but yes, getting back to it, there is a Klingon uh, structure. I mean, it isn't obviously a Klingon. They had to go investigate it and find out that it was a Klingon up close um, that stores basically dead bodies of, you know, Klingon battles. Um, as like a way to honor them or something like that, I guess. I don't know. But Michael accidentally kills one, goes back to the ship, basically yells at the captain since she was injured on the way back, saying like, oh my God, we have to like freak the fuck out. There's Klingons. It's like, you're just freaking out because your parents got killed by Klingons, bitch. And you know what? I'm, I'm just going to say it right here. I don't give a shit that it's a black woman. She's a bad actor. Bad. Sorry. Terrible. Garbage. Or at least, <laughs> terrible. I haven't seen her in anything else. She, I know she was in The Walking Dead. She wasn't very good. Um, okay. To, in her defense, The Walking Dead is written like in crayon for soap opera drooling retards. So. Right. I want to be fair to her because it's, it's not, I don't think it's her. I think it's the character. The, the way Dead the character's sci-fi. written. Yes. What's her name? Senequa Martin Green? Yeah. Or something. Yeah, I don't think it's her. I think it's the way they wrote the character because she's obviously been in other stuff and she can do, she can act, she can do stuff. So I don't know if it's like, I want to give her the benefit of the doubt. I really just think it comes from like a bad writing place is where most of this shit originates. I mean, it could be that. I mean, or the women, if you want to give her the full benefit of the doubt, maybe whoever is directing the whole thing like doesn't know how to say, play a Vulcan correctly, don't just be emotionless, like, don't be blank slate like a brick, like you said. But, I mean, I think some of the onus is on the actor to figure out the character and to look at, like, the established, like, playing a Vulcan. Like, okay, what is what okay. is a Vulcan? I, okay, putting it like that, I, I see your point. Like, you know, don't play, like I said, don't play a brick. Right, it's play, like a, play somebody who has emotions, but they're very, very well contained. It's the most facile yeah. interpretation of the Vulcan. Like, oh, it's somebody who's on too much Xanax. Like, yes, Captain, we should attack them because they're Klingons. My logic is inescapable. Let me subdue you now to take over your ship because it's logical. Right, even data had inflections. Yeah. <laughs> right, delivering your lines in a monotone is not acting. It's just, it's fucking reading, like... You got to do something more if you're going to, I don't know, I think that the character sucks and I think that the actor should probably take some blame for not doing a great job of digging into that because it's, oh, I'm logical, I'm going to kill the Klingon and then I'm going to come back to the ship. Captain, you got to listen to me, I'm freaking the fuck out all of a sudden, but my logic's inescapable. That (laughs) is what, like, I don't know, do you want to go down into like the deep like Star Trek mythology stuff now or? Oh, sure. Because that's things that, annoy me about this right off the bat <laughs> no it's like no no if you if you watch any of the other shows besides the original series it's clearly established like from next generation on like they did a lot of work on establishing what like the klingon society is like mm-hmm. and this one just shits on it because it's like a big big thing in klingon society that like once they die they don't care what happens to their bodies they say a lot of times it's just like a useless shell you can just like dump it in space or something well, maybe that's like you know this and, whole series will change that thought uh, for the Klingons. yeah i don't know <laughs> that's just like i don't again not i'm not opposed to reinterpreting things but it's like that's 20 years plus of like really intelligent people's work that they just shit on. So, 
I, I don't like that. And I don't especially like that Vulcans are advocating like being the aggressors because that would never, ever happen. <clears throat> well, that, they're, let's, they're renowned as pacifists. Talk yeah. about how that comes into the plot, though. How does that Vulcan thing come up? Because she's not <clears throat> sure what to do um, on how to approach the Klingons after she kills one of them accidentally. And so she like calls Sarek. Like does, uses her one call to <laughs> she FaceTimes Sarek to find <laughs> Yeah, she uses her, her lifeline with the Sarek <laughs> and then like I guess like they talk it through logically. I'm using air quotes right now, but they talk through it logically and he like convinces her that they have to be the first person to fire they have to fire on the Klingons or the Klingons will see it as like a sign of weakness. The or Vulcans something. have always fired on the Klingons first, so Hijack the ship and shoot him. That's that's how you say hi. <laughs> I didn't. Wait, I, I didn't buy that at all. It's we'll talk just like the most illogical. unvulcan like <laughs> thing to suggest, and especially from Sarek, who in all the other appearances in all the other series, he's like unflinchingly logical, like to a fault, and that's why he has such a bad relationship or strained relationship with like uh, with his son and then with like Picard and. And I think that it's also a function of like, okay, Sarek is super logical and everything, fine. But setting him aside, like the Vulcans as a whole have been shown, especially like in Enterprise when they're still like the superior technologically advanced species compared to the humans. Right. They're always trying to put the brakes on like... They're always advocating yeah. restraint. restraint. And the humans are the ones pushing aggressively. Nonviolence, yeah. restraint, sit back, watch the situation, observe it. And that's and I like the way that was always written because that shows you it's it's supposed to be a human exploration, right? It's a basic thing about Star Trek, and that really that juxtaposition really helps highlight that because then you've got these people who are advocating restraint, but it's part of the human spirit to be a little bit reckless and aggressive, and that's how you end up discovering and doing great things. Which is why the you know having Spock there to kind of temper Captain Kirk's swashbuckler. Right. Kirk was a swashbuckler. <clears throat> Works well. Kirk was like the, the, I guess, the parts of the brain, like the one that, you know, the Kirk's like the, the I don't know, I wouldn't call him the id. He's like the decision-making part of the brain, right? With a super ego or something. Ego. Whatever yeah, and, Freud made but he's up. But like, he's like the, the, the driver of action. And then, like, he has two people beside him who give him, like, the logical point of view and the emotional point of view. And it's like there's that triumvirate of people who makes everything happen on that on that ship kind of the same thing in next generation except it's mostly just data and picard uh, I, I, I guess Riker and troy kind of trade right off and you'd like that. put like interchangeably one other character in there but there's fishman and michael doing the same thing for asian captain <laughs> asian captain <laughs> <laughs> i don't know she's dead forgot her name <laughs> Gre like gregor philippa Georgiou or something? Yeah. yeah, but okay, like her... Some Russian shit. Like, <laughs> she was okay. I kind of liked her character as little development as she got because, like, obviously they are going to kill her, and I wasn't surprised when she died. But I, I kind of liked her character. I wish they would have stuck with her more, but I saw, like, special guest star Michelle Yeoh, so I knew she wasn't going to be in it for long. Yeah, Lucius Malfoy right. gave her the Avada Kedavra, and that was the end of that. Yeah. And uh, I like Fish Guy. He's going to be in it more from what I saw on, like, the coming up. <clears throat> he's, yeah. on, he's on the new ship with her because I guess she's a prisoner now. Yeah, but she's, like, a prisoner. Like, again, like, I haven't seen any of the 
other episodes, but it seems like a prisoner on a ship that is like basically, well, you can kind of do what you want here. It's give you a lot more than just a cell and three meals a day of bologna sandwiches. Yeah, and I saw like no, there's no, there's no plot in this really. There's nothing really going on. It's just like, hey, we accidentally like made these guys angry, and like now we have to like fire on them. So we stop a war instead of starting one, but we end up starting one anyway. And that's that. There's nothing. I don't. There's no real like. I don't know conflicts. You know, like really meaningful conflict. It's more like pew pew pew. That's it. And you can have a. a I think there's. I don't want to put it into like binary categories, but you can have like a really strong plot and get away with thin characters because they're kind of acting out maybe archetypes and it just gets the plot. Yeah, like there's some definitely plot-driven episodes in TOS and TNG, like the one where they're balance of terror, the one where they're trying to just take out that Romulan ship that's killing every, all destroying all the outposts along the border. And that's just like basically a, Duel of Submarine Captains episode. There's cool stuff that happens, but there's no real like great character development. And then you can have an episode where nothing happens and it's all character right. development. Where like Data just dates <clears throat> dates a girl. Remember that one where Data just like he, that's the whole episode. He just like he's like dating somebody. It's awesome though. Okay. Because <clears throat> at the end she's like, we shouldn't see each other anymore, and Data's like, all right, I'll delete the appropriate subroutines. And then he pets his he pets his cat. <laughs> He pets Spot after that. <laughs> that uh, so like it really seems like okay, the episode never happened, and but it's it's supposed to be character growth for him, and it shows later. The problem I had with this is it's like the plot doesn't really have a plot. There's the Klingon space station thing; she kills somebody, and then you got to shoot the Klingons to say hello, and then the other Klingons show up and crash their ships into the Admiral's ship. And the, real, the real conflict, as I saw it, was she had to make a choice. She was struggling to make this choice between doing, following orders and doing what's logical or what she thought was right in that case. Well, she's and really it, arrogant. It, and it wasn't, is... yeah, but it wasn't really like a strong version of that conflict because we've seen that conflict like a thousand times in Star Trek and the, like people have done it much, much better. But I think there's something interesting there they didn't really go for is like, I think that the Michael character is really arrogant and kind of has that Enterprise era Vulcan, like, you know, mm, Captain Michelle Yeo, you just don't understand the logic. And, you know, she, Captain Grigor, whatever the fuck her name is, is trying to like be the voice of experience and stuff. There could have been something that they did there that was a little more interesting than I'm gonna knock you out in your quarters. Because Picard, a few times, you know, tells other officers who are younger, like, you may think you understand, you have like a lot of passion, but he's like the tempered voice of experience. But it doesn't, they don't really go anywhere with that. Nobody. There's no change or growth. Nobody gets. Nobody pays the price for being arrogant. Again, saying I haven't seen all the episodes, so maybe she does go through some like growth. But as like as a beginning, it's not You're very shaking strong. your head. <laughs> she doesn't. You've seen it all. I've seen all the ones okay. that are out there. I mean, there's some character development, but as far as like that. I'm saying if you're going to introduce a character who's your main character, maybe her big flaw, the, like the compelling thing, is like being raised by Vulcans and having that childhood trauma and shit, maybe she's just so internalized this Vulcan thing that, you know, 
she doesn't view herself as human or whatever, and like, mm, you don't know what you're talking about, humans, like, I'm logical. That could have been a character yeah. arc. It's, it's a little hit you over the head with that kind of stuff that, you know, ooh, she's conflicted. She's conflicted. Whereas in other versions of Star Trek, they would have shown you that. It would have come out through the development of the story over the 45 minutes. Like, I think her arc, remember the Ensign Rowe character yeah. from Next Generation? It sounds like her arc is going to be like that. She's disgraced. She got, she's going to be sent to prison, and she has to, like, find her way back into the good graces of Starfleet and... Somehow. Yeah, somehow. And I got that with Rose's character because she did that over the course of, like, three seasons. And she did it by having a relationship with Picard, like a mentor relationship. Whereas, I, I don't know, is that is that going to exist for this Michael Burnham character? She seems like she doesn't need anybody to help her with anything. That That's it, though. It's like she, there's <laughs> like this island of, I don't need anybody else, and I've got my logic, and you guys are stupid. Honestly, I was really wishing for just, like, during this, too, because I thought the visuals looked great, but the battle was fucking boring. I was just waiting for the X-Men to show up. I wanted them to do the crossover. That was it. I need, they needed some excitement. I was waiting for the Borg to show up. Yeah, and, and the Klingon, like, Wasn't I think... That kind of, I thought that it really looked like something like that was happening when, like, that big, like, Dreadnought-class-type ship, like, phased in or whatever the fuck they're calling it, like, became uninvisible. Like he cloaked. Her, he cloaked. Well, it, was, it didn't look like cloaking from like movies that I saw. I think it's JJ Cloak. JJ Cloak. Yeah. Okay. Uh. <laughs> anyway. I know there's nothing wrong with the shimmering decloak thing, but it but has to be like green and neony or something. It's got to be extreme. Yeah, but anyway, like it decloaked that huge ship that rammed whatever admiral guy. Uh, I felt like it started with an E, like Epsilon or something like that, or Emerald. I don't know. But yeah, I just like blew that up. I'm like, oh wow, it looks like a giant ship that's just massive. I know bar cubes are massive, right? Yay. But it wasn't a bar cube, it was like just a no. ship. I mean, whatever. But there you're right, the battles just kind of like blah. Mm. Like you can tell they blew their whole budget in like the first five minutes of the second episode. That was like the main thrust of the battle with the little pew pew, and then it was just like their ship gets blown up and they're floating dead in the water, and then they get tractor beamed, and then that ship gets like rammed by the decloaking ship. And but is that, that what the people who have a straight, like up down access jaw for popcorn consumption want? Because the other, but are they really the ones watching this? Because you got to go through a lot of trouble to see this series. It's, it's the question is, who is it for? Yeah. Because it seems like it's for general audience 95 iq drooling people i just think that the people who make these shows and own the rights to them the studios don't believe that you can make a star trek series like the old star trek series anymore they just think it won't work that people are never going to sit through it they'll never sit through another tng and so you can't make that you have to make something that's like boom 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 fast paced exciting exciting like you know a little bit of character stuff here and then it's like boom more fast paced exciting stuff more visual effects that's what Star Trek is now. It's like phasers, and that's it. You gotta like Trek blast stuff. Yeah, it's JJ no. Trek. I mean, TV. he proved that they like that stuff makes money. So they're like, okay, this makes money. So I guess that's the paradigm. There's nothing there, right? I, it's, it's yeah, it's cheap, empty calorie stuff, and 
I'm going to watch the whole rest of the series so as not to be a hypocrite, of course, but um, it's just really hard to go into this with a more open mind now because I've seen the first two and it's like I kind of know, and I kind of know what to expect. Well, it's it's really painful because the main character is dog shit. Yeah, and well, I feel like I know everything about her already, which is a problem. And I'm not going to learn anything right. new, or she's not going to learn anything new. <laughs> <laughs> she already the, knows everything. The other problem, yeah, exactly. Like I already know everything, so. Go to sleep, Chinese lady. Right. Let me shoot the Klingons. And I'm sorry, the, I just I, so, I don't I don't get that. In just terms of production stuff too, like the Klingons themselves, <laughs> like I hate the new Klingon look. I just hate it. Was, I just hate it. They just made a new one, a new look just for the series. Right. They look like they look like retarded monsters now. Basically. It looks like when um Remember in Batman Begins when Dr. Crane gets gasped with his own stuff and Batman's in his face and he's like the monster with the goo coming out of his mouth? That's what it looks no, like No, no, no. They remind me of Bane from Batman and Robin, like the, the main oh, Klingon guy. Like, oh, Bane! That's what this sounds like. Well, that's what I picture because like the way the, the face is structured and stuff, the makeup. Yeah. And also just from a pacing perspective, like that guy speaks so slowly in Klingon. Like every scene with him speaking in Klingon takes forever. I thought I was just waiting for it it's to like get over. It's like two words on a screen for yeah. like, you know, 10 seconds. It's like, all right. Whereas before in other series, I, they would speak Klingon, but they do it really quickly. They wouldn't have a translation up usually, and they would quickly move into speaking normal English because that's what people who are watching the show understand. But so, and you got actually, these. just like we, we understand that they're speaking Klingon. You can right. make them speak English. Just lots of movies do this, where like they even like zoom in on the people talking one language and then zoom out and they're talking in English after that. Just because you get how it changes. Like they, I wish they wouldn't have done that because it, it, if anything, like ruined how the show felt. That was that was a big thing for me because like I wanted to see the Starfleet stuff was more exciting than the Klingon stuff. And every time they got to the Klingon stuff, it was like, okay, okay, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. I don't care. I don't care. I want to give me the fish guy again. They look like orcs. <laughs> huh? Yeah, they do. Now yeah, I think orcs. I, they look like uh, orcs that uh, got a haircut and cleaned up, like they're going to a job interview. Urukai. Yeah, the, the, that's yeah. what they look like. No paint or dirt on them. They just look like an Urukai. Like they come out of yeah. like the little like catacomb thing with the skin on them, and Saruman has to like anoint them. Yeah, but he. <laughs> Skip the part where he sprays them down with a hose and whatnot, and they look like, you know, yeah. Klingons in this. That comes later. Okay. And then they go into space, and they get blasted by the Vulcans, a peaceful race of explorers who use logic. And so apparently the story is, too, that, like, the Klingon Empire is disunited. There's no real empire now. It's just, like, all these different houses. Is this 24 houses. house thing? Is that, like, new lore? There's always that... been, like, Klingon houses, but in other shows it's, like, there's a leader of their high council or whatever, and they are united. It's just like there's factions. This made it seem like they're just like vagabonds going around the galaxy, like waiting for somebody to unite them. And like this guy sent out a signal. And seven of them showed up and we said, hey, there's 24 houses here now. Like, right. And they're like little hologram <laughs> thing. It was like clearly like seven or eight people. And it's just like, yep, we're all united. Like, what? What? Except for that one guy who's like, I don't like you, Takuvma. We're missing like, like the well, other 17 people. He, it's okay because this Takuvma guy died already, so. Yeah, no one Which cares again, like, she, she was supposed to stun him. Well, again, there? that was the thing that bugged me. She was the one advocating, let's capture him. Yeah. And she's like, all right, phaser to 
kill. Whoops. Yeah, I mean, how do you screw that up? It's like set the phaser to stun. Um, did she just get mad when he killed the captain and then killed him? Is that what they're supposed to be going for? Again, I don't know. It was uh, again a, a good time for a character flaw of like, oh man, unanticipated. My logic didn't tell me how to deal with the situation. But it wasn't even like she said like, oh, whoops, I said it to kill. It's just like. Oh, well, I guess this is cool. Okay, oh, I guess it. I better kill him. It would have been better if yeah. it's like, oh, my God, I'm, I don't know how to process this. I'm flustered. Oh, yeah. shit. That's, that's a point where <laughs> it, mo- it happened so quickly, I didn't even know really if that was like a screw-up or she did it intentionally, and that's something where if they had slowed that down a little bit, <clears throat> I feel like I would have understood the character more and would have liked her a little bit more because that would have seemed like a more, I don't know, fleshed-out dilemma for her. Versus just like, boo-boo, it happened. There, done. She's mutinied. Now you're going to jail. Yeah. The three guys who can't see their faces in the Space shadows. jail. <laughs> right. Forever. Forever. Life and imprisonment. It seems like the very next episode, she's going to be being transported on like a prison ship, like well, Riddick or something. Again, <laughs> like, it doesn't really make sense to me. Like, why don't you just like have an Australia of a planet oh. rather than like, cause I feel like the overhead of having like people in space is high. Like even in this, you know, post scarcity world or whatever. They do have one of those in the original series. It's this planet where all the criminally insane people get sent. And they, it's like a therapy planet where like, it's all staffed by psychologists and security guards and their whole, the planet's whole purpose is to administer mental health treatment to crazy people. Okay, so it's Australia. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and then the, the inmates go crazy and take it over. Australia for insane Happens. people. Okay, but... but Again, I, I just feel like, you know, having resources spent to keep someone in space and whatnot seems like... But Michael Burnham is the most logical being ever to exist in the universe. So she's special. Yes. And whatnot. Yes. That's another thing. Characters, like, um, three characters go out of their way in the two episodes to, like, make sure you know how special she is. Unbelievable how logical she right. is. So logical. Mr. Burnham, you, you know, you're very special. Your self confidence is very well warranted or whatever. Just even the make computer sure you know. can't out logic her. Right. That runs on ones and zeros and still gets <laughs> convinced. Meanwhile, in Star Trek, the computer's the most unhelpful fucking thing ever if right. you don't specifically ask it what to do. There's no, there's no talking with it. Well, and I'm like, there's, there's like a 10 year gap between the original series and this show, which everything looks great in this show, by the way, which I don't fault them for because you kind of have to work hard yeah, now yeah, to yeah, make yeah. a set look like shit, like the original series. I mean, you can't go back to, and it, you're right. And you can't go like with the switches you can't and go back stuff to again. plywood. <laughs> Sets and blinking lights and shit. Right. It would cost more to make the shitty looking set than it does to make the nice JJ set. I don't really object to the JJ set or whatever, but I don't know. Just a lot of the stuff. It's just, just incongruent. It's, it's one of those little things that annoys you because it's supposed to be for Star Trek fans, so. Is it though? Or JJ fans. Yeah, it's, right. it seems JJ like it's for Trek JJ fans. fans. Well, I'd like to see their ratings, that's all. Good luck. Or their Good luck. It's online, so you don't get the. <laughs> no, no, uh, but the I see their their all access subscriber numbers. Yeah, but everybody's there to watch Blue Bloods with Tom Selleck. So, what the fuck? Is I don't that? know what that is. It's some hilarious show about uh, a family in New York City who are all cops, 
Blue Bloods, get it? So like every other show on network TV? Starring Donnie Wahlberg. Right, it's either about cops or firefighters or doctors. As a hothead detective who sometimes goes outside. He sometimes goes outside the rules to get his cases cleared. Wasn't Donnie Wahlberg in (laughs) Saw or something? Wasn't he like one of the detectives in Saw? I can't fucking remember. Yeah. Maybe who knows? But it, CBS is garbage. I, I, you can watch the whole show. I doubt you're going to watch the rest of the season. I wouldn't blame you. I thought you were going to watch the rest of them, so I downloaded all the. I mean, I got oh. my CBS All Access subscription okay. up there. Well, great. We'll we'll do a, we'll your call, subscription. Yes, we'll call an audible on the play. Then we'll finish the season and keep reviewing it because I want you guys to. I mean, I can probably finish them by next week if we wanted to just cover it, but. You guys just want to cover the whole thing at once? Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, okay. you're the one that watched all the the episodes. It's, they're really like, you know. I, I want to see if it gets better. More than, you know, 45 minutes to an hour to talk about on this shit. Let me tell you, Justin. There is, there's no point in this show. There's no point ever so far where anything remotely interesting happens. Mm-hmm. And there is no point where... There's no equivalent to Captain Picard staring out into space after he's been assimilated by the Borg and like, hmm, you know, what's out there? There's no philosophical or contemplative to it at all. There's something just, we can talk about it in an hour. Yes. Okay. Michael Burnham is special. The Federation hates the Klingons. The Klingons are orcs. Lasers. A fish man. Where's the dark portal? Is that binary stars that they come out of? Is that... The evil dark The evil portal. mage opened the binary star for them to come through. Yeah, Khadgar opened it, and then... No, just, it was Medivh. Medivh was the Oh, Medivh opened, opened it, it right. and Khadgar smoked his pipe. Right. Yeah. Can't you so, get that as, like, an item? Khadgar's yes, pipe. Khadgar's pipe. You can get that as an item. <laughs> you need Khadgar's pipe to understand this fucking show. Yeah, okay, I'm going to watch it all, because I, I, ho- I have to hope that it'll get better. I suppose I should be grateful that Star Trek is existing somewhere on TV now. Because otherwise, all I'd have is like stupid JJ track with like Beastie Boys soundtracks. I guess it's hewing in that direction only because there's there's no I don't know whatever the show's main character is fucking boring. I mean, That's like, the biggest like, problem. Let's just it. be honest. Like, real Star Trek died in two thousand one. Is that when Enterprise came out? Yeah, Enterprise. Well, Enterprise <laughs> lost it really quick. It yeah. had like a strong premise to begin with, and then they just abandoned the strong premise because. I don't know. Well, how many first contact going wrong episodes can you fit in a season? I think they got to about but 20. But I, th- I think the premise of like that they're I think the premise of they're just starting out and they're they're going to stumble and make a whole bunch of mistakes is a strong premise versus the other series which is everything's already established and they know what they're doing. They understand the galaxy whereas this they haven't really been outside Earth a whole yeah, lot. Yeah, St- Enterprise is a more interesting premise yeah. you're right but the they premise, just abandoned it like in the second episode done there's, there's no premise for this one right just like voyager had a really strong premise starting out and they could have done so much with that and they just squandered it completely at least we'll always have yeah. ben cisco getting that lady pregnant and then skipping town <clears throat> right but it wasn't supposed to be the last season was it <laughs> okay it's very funny his wife gets killed in like the beginning of the series, mm-hmm. and then at the end of the series, he's in love with another woman and everything, and he has a child. Or he impregnates her. She's you know pregnant and everything. He's gonna have a child, 
And then he just jumps into like an interdimensional portal, like, see ya. And she's like, when, when are you gonna when are you gonna come back? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. Good luck with the child support. Bye. I don't know, baby. <laughs> Very unfortunate. Right. Sounds like he did that before. Very un- Yeah. I mean, he probably got his wife killed in the beginning. Like he probably made sure she was gonna die. Just like, you know. awesome. It would be logical. Mm-hmm. That's all I had to say about start STD. It's it's very fitting acronym. Or is that an acronym or I might be using mm, that wrong. It's the other one. I think an acronym has to actually make a word. Oh. It's the one that whatever it is. Monogram. Is that what it is? I don't know. That's isn't that like whatever. Initials? S- know, STD is whatever. the perfect way to sum up this show currently. <laughs> I'm gonna watch the rest of it and taking my mental antibiotics with it. All right, so next week is all the rest rest of of it. All right, cool.